Grandma used to write me letters. I wouldn't get the damn thing for six weeks. I didn't just blow her off. I love Grandma. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Hey, are you new to the roundtable or perhaps new to the Jeep Talk Show? Well, welcome. The Roundtable is listeners like you that connect with us on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. You don't have to be invited. You just need a Zoom meeting link and a password. Uh, by the way, the Zoom meeting password is Jeep. Uh, and I'm not sure it's tech case sensitive, but it's a lowercase Jeep is uh, the way I set it up. Everyone is invited because everyone has an opinion or something to share. To get to the meeting and uh, to get to the meeting invite uh, information, subscribe to the newsletter at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. We now join the Zoom meeting, which is already in progress. Keep in mind that uh, what you're about to hear is completely unrehearsed. The opinions may be strong and may or may not reflect the opinion of the Jeep Talk Show. Now, the conversation, as it always happens, because everybody joins in and before the show starts and starts talking, the conversation was uh, talking about fuel prices, which I'm sure is, is first and foremost on a lot of people's minds right now. And uh, our, our rancher Chuck, or 3G Chuck, uh, out of Kansas has been uh, having uh, lots of fun uh, filling up his uh, uh, diesel vehicles and his farm equipment. So when we were kind of talking about that, I guess it's hitting you probably the most financially, isn't it, Chuck? Yeah, we. <clears throat> I think I did did some math on it last week, and we're over five thousand dollars a month right now. Yeah, so that's that's quite a bit. That sounds so horrible. What's, what's nice is that the scrambler still doesn't run, <laughs> so it's not that the jeeps are costing so much. The jeeps are still very very inexpensive vehicles it's just everything else <laughs> yeah that's that's really a shame i mean my god that's just seems i don't understand why why we're in this position um i i know there's a oh, lot of uh, political things back and forth which i kind of want to yeah. stay stay away from but it seems like um it doesn't seem like there's anything other than politics that, that has put us here whether it's the the, the, the politics of Russia going into the Ukraine or our politics uh, making it harder for us to be self-sustaining, uh, making our own fuel here in the United States. Um, it, 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 it almost seems nonsensical. It, it is nonsensical. And, and the bummer is, is I, I, I was actually having a meeting with other business owners today and I said, I'm going to have to increase my prices. And they said the same thing. So now it's going to start having a rippling effect. And my prices will infect my, or not infect, but, um, kind of, I think that's a good <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah. It, it'll affect them, but that's going to be 18 months down the road, which is kind of how far out we usually are. And I'm a very small business. So even larger businesses that are going to be increasing their prices now, I mean, you're looking at year and a half, two years, two and a half years down the road, where people will continue to feel the effect of, you know, increased fuel prices and fuel goes into a lot of the consumables that we use as a country. So it's kind of a bummer, but it's going to, it's, it's not just going to stop once the pumps start going down again, which they will, I mean, you know, they probably come fall time, but um, it'll have a long lasting effect for years and years. They go down a lot slower than they go up. Right. Cause I mean, they're going up Amen. like, 20 cents a gallon a day, it seems like. Every day you're looking out there and we, it's going up that fast. Uh, we had a 46-cent jump here in in, in this, uh, northeast Kansas just yesterday alone, 46 cents. Yep. First time, I've seen, first time I've seen it anywhere near $4 a gallon in, in years. It's supposed to feel like a win. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But the conspiracy theory, me in theory is whatever that word is in me is expecting any day. Now we're going to get something about, you know, we're going to solve this problem by giving everybody stimulus check to go buy an electric car. <laughs> yeah. We had a big discussion about that in the past and, uh, you still got to generate the power somehow. And, uh, I, I think, I, I think I heard, uh, actually, I think it was Musk that said 75% 
of our uh, power generation in this con- country is uh, you know petroleum based, so or at least seventy percent of it. So we we really need to get back on the uh, the bandwagon of uh, self sufficiency and not relying on other other sources. And and that's a statement I can get behind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it would be one thing if it was you know from the seventies forward and we had never been self sustaining. Uh, and then uh, uh, one person comes into the office, and I guess magic happened, and we became uh, self-sustaining. Love him or hate him, we were self-sustaining, and prices went down. They didn't. They didn't go down to, you know, uh, the 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 lower lower prices that I remember. I mean, I'm, I got pissed off when the stuff was a dollar eighty a gallon, uh, and uh, so I, it, to me, it, it makes it very clear that you can make a difference on pricing in a capitalistic society by allowing people companies to do what they what they do to make money uh leave them alone don't shut down pipelines and has anybody heard i mean i've just seen little like little headings and stuff uh anybody heard that uh that we're actually talking about uh making it illegal to buy russian oil that ought to help uh, help the prices <laughs> going up here. Well, yeah, he actually announced today whether it's like you know, whatever he's he's embargoing Russian oil today. So that's that's uh, that came out and that really caused him to shoot up over 120 a barrel. I think I think we had 126 today, and um, that uh, yeah, that's that's bad. But here's a real question: anybody canceling wheeling trips because of it? No, no, absolutely not. Anybody buying a different vehicle or planning on buying one because of it? Well, we've already been through this. We know. We know what's going to happen. Yes. But I will say, though, that I am limiting a little bit some of the trips because, you know, it never never used to bother me to take off for a weekend, travel a thousand miles, go wheeling. Well, now you kind of got to think about it because that adds up fast. If it's a local wheeling trip, then then no. Yeah. No, 100% agree. That's the thing. I think I saw that a little bit in our Colorado trip planning uh, threads. Uh, they were saying not canceling whatever, but kind of kind of put some put some extra back to make sure we can get through. Cause well, we use it a lot, especially for the mountains, right? Because your fuel mile is supposed to crack. Well, this is this is new, John. So that might change. I mean, I don't want to be a, a depressor here, but uh, that may change depending how long this goes. I think a lot of this is going to have to do with uh, Russia and their success or or. Uh, continued uh, unsuccessfulness uh words uh in the ukraine i think uh i think you'll see an improvement it's still the the symptoms won't be fixed but uh so i think i heard you guys talking about uh, fuel prices and uh, i don't know that i think it's kind of depressing to say but sometimes misery loves company what uh, what kind of uh, fuel prices are you guys uh, seeing and make sure that you note if it's diesel or uh, uh gasoline or petrol Three ninety nine in Austin, Texas, gas regular. Yeah, this is Bill W in Northeast Indiana. Uh, we're seeing uh, four twenty six, uh, and that I think somebody said forty forty some cents a jump last yesterday. Uh, we saw I think it was about thirty five cents yesterday. Luton Lenny in West Central Ohio, and we're at four oh nine for uh, unleaded and four eighty nine for diesel. Yeah, so this is Larry in, in uh, Missouri. So it's three three ninety nine here for regular, and it's four seventy nine for diesel. And I was in Atlanta today, and it was also three ninety nine for regular. Mm. Yeah, this is George. Just talking about Arizona. Check <laughs> or whoever. Yeah, sorry about that. Out uh, here in tr- Arizona, we got. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Out here in Arizona, we're four twenty nine. Uh, we just have four twenty nine for unleaded. And five, I believe it was five nineteen for diesel most around the area. Oh my God, this is uh, crazy. Pat and Iowa looks like averages around here about three seventy for for uh, gas and and about four thirty for diesel in Central Iowa. Hmm. People driving to Iowa now. Hey, home of uh, ethanol. Bring all your money. Spend it here. <laughs> <laughs> I personally think I know uh, Chris there, Seven Slabs. He's he's kind of on the track of. Uh, I, I think one of the one of the things that could help fix all this. He's uh, he's been talking to gentlemen. Does the hydrogen conversions? 
Oh yeah, I was. Uh, Chris mentioned that to me, and I've known about uh, you know the fuel cell technology that was used in the shuttle uh, for power generation, and I think they used it for drinking water as well. And uh, when he said, "No, no, the hydrogen is the fuel uh, in the internal combustion engine instead of uh, you know gasoline," they're using hydrogen. And then I really perked up because now that sounds really interesting. Uh, we're trying to get that guy on. Uh, what uh, what's his name, uh, Chris? That is uh, Arrington Performance, and um, Mike Copeland is the owner of Arrington Performance. Mike Mike Copeland. Cool. That was one. And you actually met Mike uh, at a recent car show, didn't you? I did. The Autorama Detroit was this past weekend, and I sat down for a couple minutes with Mike. It's got a 50s. Uh, I think I posted some of the photos on the Discord server. It's you a 50-some 50, 50 uh, Chevy pickup, which is beautiful with a modern engine in it and the hydrogen tank in the back and uh, talking to Mike, he's working with a, a supplier. I don't know if I could say the name, but a, a supplier we've all heard of on calibrations to bring it to market. And as he explained to me, it, it, the intention is to retrofit it into any existing vehicle on the road today or in the last 30 years, any internal combustion engine. That's spectacular. Yeah, that'd be really nice. Uh, and they're, they, yeah. weren't, weren't they looking at doing fleet uh, vehicles like buses and stuff uh, initially, Chris? They are. And uh, if you listen to uh, Mike, uh, well, we'll get, we'll get Mike on the show, but he was on another podcast that Larry had actually uh, referred me to. And he said there's 10 or 100. It seems like it may be 10 or so hydrogen fueling stations for municipalities in California. It might be 100. It was a, a small number that exists already in California and a couple here and there that if you have this vehicle, assuming a bus or something, you can fill that today. So it does exist. It's just getting it to where obviously you live and where your vehicle is. Yeah, this isn't, aren't, aren't, this isn't aren't, sky, aren't uh, pie in the sky. Them? This isn't pie in the sky technology. This is technology that works. It's just a matter of getting the the hydrogen to, to folks and I, I don't know about any kind of distances and stuff on this but uh chris did you get anything like that as far as uh how it performs uh compared to gasoline or diesel mike it said in their truck uh which is uh like i said a 50 chevy but it's got a supercharger it's pushing a lot of horsepower it's a showpiece they calculate about 16 miles a gallon comparatively oh, to god. gasoline. good god <laughs> How does that compare to the uh, like the CNG uh, alternative that that they have? I, I know some of the buses and and eighteen wheelers uh, run those, but but the it doesn't seem like it, it that you know it, it's not as efficient as the gas. But how how does hydrogen compare to that? I I don't know how it compares to CNG. I mean I do know that we've had CNG vehicles on the road and. My experience with Ford, there were some CNG uh, F-150s, some CNG uh, taxi cabs, police vehicles, Crown Victorias back in the day. But I, I wouldn't know, Don. Compressed natural gas. Oh, okay. Somebody asked earlier about buses. I don't, don't I can't speak for everywhere, but here in Fort, Fort Wayne area of Indiana, where I am, uh, all of our uh, buses run on CNG. Oh, yeah. My my concern with the hydrogen and it it's just cool technology and I, I agree it's the 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 exhaust is water vapor and a, a little bit of it and I, I didn't say this to Mike but my concern is that the electric vehicles right now uh, whether you agree or not are are political and there's a lot of public money and and grants going into building battery factories and all kinds of new new work and then the hydrogen to me is just so simple and obvious and perhaps it's not but to me it seems so simple and obvious there doesn't appear to be that uh additional um industry that can be built around it you, you put the hydrogen tank in and away you go uh whereas while the electrification is creating a lot of hype at least around battery battery plants and and all kinds of ancillary support for a battery electric vehicle chris you know just as well as anybody else follow the money Absolutely, it's always, yeah. fo it's always yeah. follow the money. Well, and it doesn't really matter what the government does. I mean, they 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 carry a big stick, but ultimately the the people are are the bigger stick. And if the people are paying five dollars a gallon for gas, uh, and there's this this kind of technology, uh, you won't it won't be it won't take the government very long to come around to what the people want. Are you sure? 
It's happened in the past. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how mad the people get. I just came off two years of people being pissed off, and it looked like we just ground ourselves to a halt. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, ultimately it gets down to the people and voting. So. Well, vote early, vote often, fellas. <laughs> that was that was we're funny so, until the last Illinois election. Man. Well, you can bet there's be probably something happening before long because you get midterms coming up here soon, and it seems to be the only thing that, not to get political, but moves the needle at all when they're afraid of losing their job. And they need to. Uh, and uh, I will I will be political here, but this is uh, uh, really for both parties or anybody that's in office. We need term limitations in uh, uh, Congress and the, the Senate. These people, we do not need career politicians. We need people like you and me in there. And I, I'll just go back to the, the thing that I've always oh, said in the past. Chuck. We need to have a political office like we do jury duty. You get, a, you get a notice in the mail that, you know, hey, you're president. Oh, man, I was this president <laughs> two years ago or four years ago or whatever. <laughs> I don't want to do that. We need, I, we need people in there that don't want to have to do the job and they just want to get in there, do the best they can and get out. Or, or even if they did nothing. Sometimes uh, the the just leaving uh, the country alone is the best thing, and let the let the country and the people that uh, really run it uh, take care of it. I have oh, shit. I'll go for the Senate. <laughs> I'll go all day long, boys. I've said for years, and I don't care what side of the fence you're on. You cannot convince me that those people are our best and brightest. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> and that's, I don't care. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. Oh, was that for polit- political office, Larry, or jury duty? <laughs> that's, that's well, my, see that's my point is that you, you just a random crapshoot you know <laughs> it's gonna be you're gonna be gonna be just as good as uh, uh these people that we we vote into the office and in it's all under it's all under uh external control anyway i mean you see you only have the two choices uh and it's like how many how many elections have we been through that you didn't like either one of the candidates yeah yeah bad or worse yeah it does seem like anymore that you're just voting for the least, right? The least of the two evils. Well, you're voting against someone. It seems like nowadays it's all about voting against someone. Because I don't think that, I mean, most people, I don't think they really wanted current. They just didn't want what we had. Oh, and, and that's what happened last election. I mean, it was shocking. Yeah. It was shocking that, that it turned out that way. But he's exactly right. They just, uh, they, you know, uh, Trump got into office because of uh, uh, who, who was the other, uh, the, the other alternative. Yeah. Hillary. Hillary. Yeah. Hillary. I mean, Hillary. <laughs> if you had a knock on your door, John, and not snowing you. Shouldn't have said that, right? John, the black, the, the John, black SUVs just screeched to a stop outside your door. <laughs> Leave me the Jeep in your will, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. John's going to shoot himself twice in the back of the head. Just don't, uh, he's, don't he's, tell the wife what I paid for it. He, he's very, he's very talented. Well, you know, hey, don't worry, John. We're going to sweep that Jeep for a thousand dollars. Do not sell the Jeep for what I told my wife I paid. <laughs> so anyway, a little more political than what we normally get. Hopefully, uh, it's it's balanced on the whole. I think everybody, uh, both sides, are not uh, happy with uh, what's going on with the Russia invasion into the Ukraine. Whether you think we had anything. Uh, that we could have done anything w- about it or not, and you certainly don't like the 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 price uh, for fuel that you're you're having to pay, and and you may not think it's the current administration that has caused this situation, and that's fine, uh, but we certainly need to do something uh, better, and and if if we can do something like these hydrogen uh, vehicles, that I mean, there's lots of hydrogen in the planet, uh, we just have to uh, crack it in you know oxygen and hydrogen and and then we got to compress it, highly compress it. I think I read five thousand psi is what they uh, what they have to do for the uh, the hydrogen fuel cells. Uh, and I don't know how far you can go on a quote unquote tank. And th- th- and those things will have a lot to do with it. But we can find out when we when we speak with Mike because I am very interested in getting on a conversation about this with Mike. I think it would be wonderful. I have I have no attachment to gasoline or diesel. Uh, except it has a good power density. I mean, you you can get enough of it that weighs this much, and it will take you this far. And if we can get something else that does that or better, and it's a hell of a lot cheaper, and it's renewable, I'm all for it. And I love the idea of electric. We just don't have the power density for storing the electric like we do 
uh, with uh, the the fuel and the diesel. But one, but one Tony, question is, since Chris saw it in person, do you still get the good exhaust sound? You said it was like a supercharged high performance motor. Did it sound like a supercharged high performance motor? Well, they weren't they weren't allowed to run it uh, in uh, on the show floor, uh, but uh, I can send you the link to the podcast, and it sounds the same. It sounds just like a blown LS engine. Sounds yeah, the same. Sounds good. And a blown can engine I, is I a happy engine. Coal? So like in my seventh, <laughs> hey, hey Chris, you'll be steam. Like my, <laughs> like my in my my seven three or the big fifteen liter Cummins I got. Can I still roll coal? I mean, because that's a big deal for me. I want to be able to just hammer it, and I just want to see all that fuel just go right through the pipes and out into the atmosphere. I like to waste you'll fuel to, a lot. You have to get a handful of it now, though. That's how you'll have to roll the pole now. Yeah, you have to throw it over that. your shoulder. Oh no, no, no throw it up there. Now. You'll see. Just you'll see steam. It. You just have to heat up that steam. You'll see billowing clouds of white water uh, flowing so out through the stacks. Like a, I look like a power plant going down. Exactly. The road. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> But, but he does look like up on a cold morning before it turns. <laughs> it just looked like you blew a head gasket. Totally fine. <laughs> well, I'm glad They'll that. Just simulate the uh, sound with speakers anyway. <laughs> the, uh, so, well. so I just want to mention real quick uh, Don uh, came out to the Lone Star Jeep Invasion, came and stopped by, and uh, was telling how he hates getting on Discord because he misses so much. He, he gets in there and there's. So much other other conversation that's gone on, he feels like he has to scroll back and catch up. I tried to do that today and gave up. <laughs> it's been yeah, re- I, it's I, been really after busy. talking with Tony the, the other day about it. Uh, I, I just I, something clicked, and as I was talking to him, and uh, I did, I tried just to chime in there when I had time today, and and, and not worry about what what had been said yeah i think it was just like if you walked in uh, walked up on a group of people talking you wouldn't ask them to hey wait a minute go back to what you were saying 10 minutes ago and bring me up to date and uh so i think am i not supposed to say that (laughs) i think a lot of it is the technology allows us to to do these things and now you feel like you need to go back and do it i told him i said when i get in on the discord discord information or discord uh server i just let us throw out whatever I want to throw out there, you know. And uh, you know, a lot of times there's crickets, but uh, you know, you never can tell. We got totally fine. Five hours later, and reply to something that was said like actually two days ago. Was I not supposed to do that? <laughs> no, you're supposed I mean, to. you said you supposed to. said something, so I'm going to give it back to you. <laughs> I mean, that's the the polite thing to do. There are Grandma no. used to write me. <laughs> grandma used to write me letters i wouldn't get the damn thing for six weeks i didn't just blow her off i love grandma you always answer grandma back <laughs> you, you're you kind of like grandma. the same thing john you can't blow grandma wait can't blow, blow grandma blow. i've done matter how many damn hours it was <laughs> maybe in east texas <laughs> hey 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 <laughs> i'm in southeast so but i wouldn't partake of any of that i grew up in northeast so I don't know what the damn thing you guys are talking about. Right now. Uh-uh, no, we're not going to talk about it. This day in Central Texas. So, only two things come from Texas. So this this may be a little a little less interesting uh, than uh, the grandma talk, but uh, let's uh, let's get to our official uh, first question. Uh, and how many people saw these questions in the newsletter? Anybody reading the newsletter these days? Uh, I don't get the newsletter, Tony. I didn't get it. Yeah, Tony, you it, didn't send it, it me one out, again. It came out today. Yeah, I got it. All right, good. I did not. I did not get it. Let me see. Check your junk. Bullshit, but. Tony. <laughs> yeah, if you, have, uh, if you use Gmail for some reason, Jeep Talk Show shows up in promotions, which is like a separate folder or whatever. So, what's a Gmail? <laughs> it's for us OGs. You got uh, to be a gangster. <laughs> so anyway, the Chuck's question a, is: Chuck's a three G. The question yeah. is, what is no, your worst? What is your worst stuck or the worst one you've been a part of? Mm. Mine like was Brett, a, Brett broke down. Mine was in my front yard. I'm thinking off roading. <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm thinking off road. So I was. Uh, Damn it, John. I, I lived in Arkansas and I had an 8.1 this, ex- this explains a lot. Well, I was stationed there, right? I kind of was forced to. And my driveway had like this slope that went down to the creek. And I was trying to load a four-wheeler into the bed of the truck. 
And so I pulled down. I was using that slope as a ramp to kind of get the foiler on. And I was worried about going in reverse and leaving ruts in the yard. So I tried to pull forward on the edge of the creek. And the ledge just gave way and the truck fell down in there and kind of bottomed out. And it was, I had to call, a guy brought an XJ over on tons and had to use a winch with the snatch block to kind of pull me backwards a little bit. But pull me out with an XJ. And that's when I was, I was shocked. I was like, wow, this, this Jeep just pulled up this huge three-quarter ton lifted truck on 37s and buried up to the frame. And just sticky Arkansas mud. Wow. And, yeah, and it almost sounds like a country western song. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty embarrassing, right? So, you know, get buried up in your own front yard. And, of course, the Jeep rutted the shit out of the yard. So what I was trying to avoid in the first place just kind of didn't, didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the worst one that I ever did, uh, I was up in the Strawberry Pass Trail in my 74 CJ5. Was it this one? Yeah, it was this one. Then there's one part of the trail that if you're going from west to east, because that's the direction of the trail, uh, on the on the driver's side, there'd be a cliff. On the passenger side, there's a, <clears throat> there's another cliff, but it goes down, right? So you have driver's side goes up, passenger side goes down, and you kind of have to skirt on the driver's side up in, over a rock. And when my front tire went up over the rock, my frame snapped underneath the driver's seat which is where the mechanical clutch linkage is for cjs and i i dropped the all the linkage so i had the my clutch pedal just went right to the floor and uh, then i when the front tire went up and over the rock of course i high centered and it spun the jeep where it was facing to go off the cliff and I just reached down and I grabbed the key and I shut it off and I kind of teetered there facing out with the broken frame underneath the driver's side and no clutch. And both of my boys were in their car seats in the back yeah. of the Jeep asleep. And I, I was there with one other Jeep. It was, uh, it was my older brother when, when he was still around. And um, you kind of get out and you giggle about it. And you go, well, now what do we do? And we ended up you know, riding the Jeep you know, getting it back. I, I just used the key because you can just bump, bump, start, start the Jeeps, you know, put it in reverse and, and bump, stop it and got up off the rock, got up, up to the flat spot where I can put the front of the Jeep up to the darn, um, uh, up to a tree. Bob, you're killing me. <laughs> Bob and the mute button. Bob and the mute button. And uh, we ended up using a high lift and we, we picked up the, the portion of the frame that was dropped, you know, because it was just broken half. And then uh, we used the winch and we actually pulled the winch cable around the front bumper all the way underneath the Jeep over the axles to the back bumper. And when I got the, the frame, the, the, the heights of the frame, the same, you know, as I picked it up, I used the winch and it sucked the Jeep back together. And then we literally used, sticks and bailing wire to make a splint on the frame and i got out and that that is how i got out and made it out to the road and that was the worst break that i've ever had and Dude, <clears throat> probably one, one probably one of the most memorable one of the, one of the greatest times that my my brother and i ever, ever really had together we just giggled the entire time out in the <laughs> middle of nowhere you know it <laughs> and made a splint with sticks and bailing wire but yeah that was the worst one so was it rust that caused it to break, or it was just uh, uh, flexing? So, and so there, there was a, a couple years when AMC bought the the Jeep Corporation from Willie's Overland in 1971. Some people say 72, 71. It doesn't really matter. They made an odd style Jeep. It was called a Long Fender CJ5, and they ran the same shitty frames till. 1976 when it, in, in 1976 when they changed the frame they, they didn't completely box it but they changed it enough where it wouldn't break at that point it was kind of well known to break where I, where the front springs were mounted to the frame you know your actual shackle mount not the not the um not the shackle mount excuse me but the the, the spring mount it was if you did any kind of off-roading at all it broke there all the time for the 
72345 it's that those years are just atrocious and uh it just it happened it it's ha it's happened on my dad's jeep it happened on that one that i owned uh another jeep that i have that's a, a 74 it did the same thing it's just a really weak portion of the of the frame right there so does were you able to get it back together where it was uh not uh, bailing wire and sticks and is this one oh, of the yeah. jeeps you still have Oh yeah, it's it's the rock crawler. Yep, yep. We still we still have it. We've beefed up that portion of the frame, and I plated it and did a bunch of other stuff. And and uh, oh yeah, it works great. Excellent. Yep. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, it really sounds like the Jeep was depressed and it was time it was trying to kill itself and take you with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it it wanted it it wanted a story for everyone. So when we went back to the to the boy's mom and the kids were like. Guess what, Dad and I almost oh, did. You know no. that was a great conversation. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, no, it wasn't nearly that bad, honey. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's totally fine. <laughs> We're here. That's all that matters. Yeah. yeah, yeah, We got rid of her, so it's all right now. <laughs> all right. Well, it's time to one up, Chuck. Who else has a uh, a worst stuck story? Well, my uh, 1990 YJ, which was red, um, I was out uh, awesome. early. Early, early, it was early, early uh, spring, and there was still some snow on the ground. It was at the uh, an old local off road park, kind of in the woods. It was a park, but in the woods, going for a spot, an obstacle that we'd seen in the winter time, and uh, just by happenstance, I went out there in the winter time, and we may or may not have entered the park before it opened, and may or may, <laughs> may, or, may, may or may not have driven over the fence. And when I did that, I put a, a nice big V in my leaf spring. So I parked it for the rest of that day. So anyway, when I went back in the spring, I was going after the same spot we had all been. I was leading the way and was just skirting a mud hole, which didn't look that deep. And it just suctioned the right front right underneath. And I was stuck for a good 45 minutes or so. Uh, the two guys I was with just didn't have enough oomph to pull me out because it just got that suction effect in uh, the Jeep. And the floorboard on the passenger side filled up pretty well, but didn't get any in the engine area nothing too bad until finally a full-size Chevy was able to come and pull me out. So that was fun. But the, the really uh, shitty part is on the way home on the freeway, I, I noticed uh, it was a five speed. I noticed the RPMs were starting to race up. And by the time I got home, it was, it was slipping and it, the clutch didn't last the rest of the week. So that, that was the worst um, for, for me. Wow. Oh, the clutch is uh, not a fun thing. That's a that's a lot of things to take out uh, just so you can get to that clutch to replace it. Yeah, it didn't it didn't like being in the water for those forty five minutes or so. I, I guess. Cool. Uh, Anybody else? At my two thousand PJ, I went to go through a water hole and got stuck in it, and I found out the hard way that the TJs don't really have a breather on the automatic transmissions. So I was about five minutes from getting home and. Start puking red milkshake out of the bottom of the transmission. Oh, shit. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I like the chocolate. I had one of, the few times, one of the few times that we get water out here in Arizona, we were running the washes one night, and I had my XJ with 36s on it, and we were running down there and playing in some mud. It hit a bank, <laughs> and had the wheel cranked, and it blew the... It blew the U-joint out, and the U-joint exploded so badly, it blew both upper upper and lower ball joints out on one side, and the tire fell off, and the Jeep just sunk. Wow. I had to actually use the winch, pick it up on a, pick it up into a tree, pick it up off the ground, dig a hole a little bit to get the tire where I could go back on, but I had to go fish around for all the parts to try to at least get it wire-tied enough to where I could kind of limp it home about 25 miles, trying to limp it home at about 10 miles an hour. That's awesome. I mean, that's even difficult well, if, you, if you brought it there on the trailer. I didn't think it was awesome because my son was late getting home that night. Mm -hmm. uh oh. No, I, I think it's trailer. awesome. I think it's awesome that you that you overcame that. Yeah. That's one of the things that I've always loved about Jeepers. And and it doesn't really matter what happens. You're we're as a people group in, in our in, in our totality, we're overcomers. We're overachievers, right? So you know, it's improvise, adapt, and overcome for all the military guys out there. You know, you don't just go, oh, shit, you know, I guess I'll just sit here and wait for someone to help me out. No, you, you've you figured it out. And it might not be conventional, but it doesn't matter. You got home, right? And that's right. what I think is absolutely awesome. 
I, I love hearing stories where, oh yeah, I used my winch to pick up the front end of my Jeep, then dug a hole and then found the parts and then wired it together and then rode home at 10 miles an hour. Hell yeah, man, that's cool. <clears throat> yeah, that's cool. Well, actually, in the article that I wrote in the, the newsletter today, it kind of was talking about tools. What tools do you need to go off-road? Uh, if you're into uh, building things in, with wood, you pretty much need a hammer, although I guess you could you know, work up to using your fist. Uh, but that might be, uh, might be a little hard on the, on the hand. But you need some basic tools. And in the, uh, the article I wrote was is basically your Jeep is like your hammer uh, and perhaps a handsaw. Now you can do other things to the Jeep to in uh, to enhance its ability to do things, and a winch is one of those things. And that's a I would say that's a non-conventional use of the winch, but it's a tool that you can use uh, whenever you need to, uh, when the, the the situation warrants it. And the the free thinking ability, well, I could use the winch to lift this up. I mean, that's the self sufficiency that you see in a lot of Jeepers, and I think that's 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 kind of key as to you know, what do I need for my Jeep to go off-road? You never know. If you have them all, you'll still need one, but you're more likely to be able to use the ones that you have in situations that are, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Yep. Very true. So That should make me wish I would have got that email. Today. <laughs> yeah. I'm and trying I, to figure out why. I, I've looked three times now, and I haven't found it. I'm try- I think it's personal, Tony. Why am I not getting one of these damn things? <laughs> there are a few uh, in here. It's it's diesel prices. They can't deliver the email. Uh, they, <laughs> there there are a few here. Uh, I, I do have a, a quite a few messages for undeliverables, and it could be that uh, the the internet service provider, or the email provider that you use, is not allowing the emails to go through. Uh, and I'll have a look at that, Chuck, and see if if uh, the email that you signed up with is on there or not. Uh, but it, that, that could be. But we have like, uh, I mean, if you're subscribed to the to the newsletter, you certainly should have received it. It was sent out early enough, and uh, I think all the emails were uh, were out before um, noon, one o'clock today. So uh, central time. It can't, it can't be that hard, Tony. What do you have? Like five of us trying to get the damn thing? Uh, I mean, I think how hard is it to send five emails? I think there's over three hundred. Holy crap! Yeah. Where where is everybody? Yeah, no. <laughs> it, it, well, so Tony, if they, if they signed up, could they I, un- I unsubscribe and resubscribe? I'm sorry. What was the question, Larry? If if they're not getting their their, full, their newsletter, can they resubscribe to try to make sure they get it, or I think to put put the linkage back in. I think the only the only way that would work is because I think a lot of these is just the 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 mail providers are not allowing the email to be delivered. Uh, and, uh, the, if they resubscribed, if you're using the same email address, the same email provider, probably, it probably still wouldn't go through. So you would have to Bob, do it. Bob, another email. Junk email every week. Bob was saying something that happens to me. It's very sporadic. One week I'll get one and I'll think, oh, wow, Tony finally figured this thing out. <laughs> and then I won't get one for another two or three weeks. And then one will show up and it's like, oh, Tony finally like put the pizza down and did his job. <clears throat> I, Bob, are you getting oh, them sporadic as pizza. well? Yeah. Uh, last week, I we were talking about this two last week or two weeks ago about who was getting the email and wasn't. And I was like, no, I got it. I got it this week. So whatever was wrong is fixed. And then today I didn't get one again. So oh, I hadn't gotten one since early January or late January. And then just randomly I got one either last week or two weeks ago. So I think a lot of the email um, uh, providers out there are filtering uh, images and links. That if if it sees images and links in an email, it uh, it moves it. It calls it spam, and I don't think it necessarily keeps it from you being delivered, but it may be delivered into uh, a folder. I think John said uh, earlier that Gmail was putting it in a promotions folder. You actually can go in there um, and look at and say move it to primary. And so that when all the rest of them come in, it's no longer put in the junk mail. That's what I had to do. Yeah. That, it just gets buried in the, the promotions. Folder. There's so many spammers out there that uh, the people are, uh, companies are trying to move this stuff around uh, so that it doesn't bother their customers as much. And even though you've signed up for it and you want it, uh, there's, uh, unfortunately, there's work on your side to basically tell the uh, your email provider that you want it. And it, and when I say tell them, it's not as easy as picking up the phone and telling them. You have to go in there and figure out the software. 
to uh, bless it, basically. So you might actually be able to go, like uh, Bob, you might actually be able to go in on the one you got back in January and 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 mark it somehow that that you want to see all of these. But I I don't like actually. I just went into my um, spam folder and found the one from today and marked it as not spam. I actually am. There are a ton of emails in here. <laughs> <laughs> there are things I've signed up for and why. Oh, my God. I'm I not may, kidding. I didn't even realize I wasn't kidding. Bob may already be a winner, and he didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Well, Midland got hit with that, right? I don't know if anybody saw it, because I know that Chris was in the thing on Instagram with Midland. They were sending out somebody copied everything on the Midland email and uh, picture and everything, but they would put, like, dots in between the letters. So it would be, like, M dot. I-D-L-A-N-D or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was like that giveaway they did. And I got like 15 different accounts telling me I won a radio or whatever. And it was it was basically That's awesome. All <laughs> That's a lot of radios, John. Yeah. What are you going to do with all those? Right, well, right yeah, after John, you bought one, right? Like, yeah, right after I bought one. And then, but Midland sent out a notice saying, hey, everybody, just let me know. There's a lot of spam coming out there. So. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really, really hard. And uh, we didn't do... The newsletter for a long time, uh, primarily because of these type of issues. So, I, I'm I'm going to look at the uh, the how the uh, the the, um, uh, the email the newsletter thing works, and there may be a way that I can just uh, get it where you can go straight to JeepTalkShow.com and uh, just look for the latest newsletter because uh, uh, you know that, that you should be seeing one and you don't. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Oh, uh, so getting back to the what's your worst stuck, I really haven't ever had a worst stuck, but I have a funny story about somebody else that did. At least I think it's a funny story. Uh, my oldest daughter and I were uh, out at uh, Red Robin, uh, and uh, we were in the uh, the XJ, and of course it was pretty much in the, the configuration it's in now, so lifted, winch, so on and so forth. Oh, and we overheating. Were, and well, as long as it was local, I didn't have to worry about that. It's only like if you drive 50 miles or further, it would overheat. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're coming out of uh, Red Robin and uh, there's these two young guys coming from a, um, what would you call it? Like when there's a subdivision that's being built, but it just doesn't take, they don't get the buildings or anything up, but they've gone and cleared the land. And so it's a great, huge, muddy spot. I guess it would be it's they're coming from a waste great, of money, a great huge money spot where these uh, and, and a lot of people in in the local area would go out go over there and uh, illegally off road. So we see these two uh, uh, young men walking towards us, and he's uh, he's hollering at me. He goes, "Hey, can you help me? Can you help me?" And I'm like, "Oh, watch this! I bet you, I bet you they got stuck out there." So we we drive over there, and they're also in an XJ, completely bone stock fairly flat area that they're on and uh i don't i don't hook up for anybody i mean it's it this is your your vehicle i'll i'll tell you where you probably should hook up but it's up to you because if there's any damage it's your damage so i uh, tried pulling them forward and uh it, it was just pulling my xj towards them so i went behind them and uh, got them to hook up uh in the rear and pulled them out and uh, we got the uh, got the toe strap and got the uh, the winch all spooled back in. And I said, okay, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, thank you so much. And I said, no problem, just you know, be careful and don't don't wheel alone, and you won't have to worry about this. You won't have to come over and ask people at Red Robin for <laughs> to help me get out of a spot. And it was just mud that that, that they were in. So uh, the the older of the two uh, brothers had gotten it stuck, and he was going to let his younger brother uh, drive it. And, uh, you know, drive it away from there. So the younger brother uh, jumps in the XJ. Uh, the older brother jumps in the passenger side and uh, nails it. They're going to make it through that mud hole. And <laughs> he, he gets stuck about the same spot that he was in. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you just drive you know? off? Uh, huh? Did you just drive off? Or did you no, no, no. So... I gave him the thing, unspooled the winch, pulled him out again, and made it very clear. You're either going to drive away or, or can go home, or I, but I know I am because this is the last time I'm pulling you out. And the older brother's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, so they may have tried it again after I left, but I you know, made it very clear to them that, uh, no, we ain't doing this stuff again. This is uh, you know, two times. That's, that's it. Oh, you're such a frickin' ninny. <laughs> you should, you should, 
you should have showed them how to how it's done and jump down in there yourself. Uh, well, they weren't going to be able to pull me out, so. <laughs> but you had your winch. You wouldn't be able to pull yourself out. Just use them for an anchor. That's yeah. right. That's right. Well, you see, you said you said they were completely stocked, Tony. So I'm sure you you wouldn't have had an issue. You were on bigger tires. No, I don't think. Knew, knew, I don't think it would have been an issue at all. But but but, uh, then you, but I have mentioned ride. I have mentioned about the fun of cleaning uh, a vehicle, an off road vehicle, after you've been through mud. So nah, I wasn't interested in doing that. Plus, right when you hit that hole, it'd be about the time that cop drives by, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, at, at the one point would be uh, talking to the deputy sheriff, like, "Hey, they said they needed to pull out of here. I'm trying to get them out. Yeah. Uh, I came over to help out, you know." But if it was covered in mud, then that's two of us out there. That's two of us. Two of us illegally. Did you have a big Jeep Talk Show sticker on it yet? Oh like yeah. Oh no no no. The big one wasn't on there, but the the Jeep uh, uh, XJ Talk sticker would have been on there at that time. I was like, because that would have been advertising. What's your name? It's Josh. that's Tony. all right let's hey we were talking about getting stuck and stuff and a lot of that has to do with what tires you run is there what i I guess i should say say it this way what tire would you not recommend for a jeep and i'm talking about an aftermarket not necessarily the the stock ones or any kind of ice cream truck uh style tires something that's an (laughs) off-road tire something that's an off-road tire that uh, you would not recommend for a jeep Arturo Blades. Oh yeah, I would say the Arturo Blades, uh, stretched out over fifteen wide rims, where they're like a rubber band. <laughs> the outside edge, are right there, right. That's so anything with the anything with less than what about four inches of sidewall, three inches of sidewall, would fall in that category, regardless of the tread to me. Oh yeah, but I mean, uh, th- those are kind of obvious ones. But is there a brand that you uh, have had problems with that, that just didn't <laughs> the, work the out Thornburg. well? So the, the Interco Interco that makes the Super Swamper, right? Interco is the the brand. They make what's called a Thornburg, which is just this gnarly looking, amazing tire. That I mean, you should probably be able to drive to the moon and back. And is the most piece of crap tread that you've ever seen they do not clean out they i mean you don't drive through the snow don't drive through the mud they don't grab rocks nothing they just look really cool for a pavement pounder the thornburg i don't even know if they make them anymore i'm assuming they do but uh, a terrible tire they made it back in around the 2000 because i used to run them on my uh 84 silverado and you couldn't balance them i don't i mean yeah they're junk you couldn't balance them like it, it was constant. And if you ever hit any kind of mud, they would they were so bad at cleaning out that you would they would vibrate until you went and pressure washed all that. I mean, it was just yeah. I would right. agree. Right. Yeah, even even at highway speeds, right? Even at highway speeds, you could fill them up with mud, drive down the interstate at seventy miles an hour, and the mud would stay in them. <laughs> I mean, they, were, they were so bad. I'm looking but they at looked. them. Yeah, I'm looking they at them. That, that does look that does look really cool. Well, they look <laughs> I mean, you're, you're like, holy crap! I mean, you're going to drive over lizards and shit. I mean, these tires are great. You're like, no, drive over lizards. Who the fuck? Yeah, over lizards. He forgot to say endangered lizards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lot lot, lizards. not lot lizards. You get extra traction lizards. on endangered ones. <laughs> <laughs> the lizard king. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just keep up. Just try to keep up, boys. It's fine. It's not easy. So I put an what image. Were, what are those called? Thornburg. Thornburg. I put an image in the Discord uh, server, and I and I apologize. Uh, we were talking about Discord server earlier. Discord server is a uh, kind of like a a texting chat server that that we have for the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, Zoom members and other people that just want to join. And if you go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, then you will see an invite to our, our Discord server. And uh, you don't all you need is a, a computer, a phone. It, anybody can get on. It's free. And uh, just use that invite and join us. And, some, and, and more and more, we've been using it to post pictures and articles of things that we talk about uh, in the show. Uh, I know that the Zoom people do this a lot, so that's why I just put the picture of these tires in there. It is a cool looking tire, Tony. That that is I. Is that the same company, Chuck, that makes the uh, Super Swamper? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Inter- Interco makes Super Swamper. They make Bogger, TSL. I mean, they they make it. Interco is the brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
TSL is a good tire. The the bogger is I guess it's good at what it does, but I mean, yeah, TSL TSL just means triple. What is it? Uh, triple lug something. Triple stage, stage lug. lug. Three stage lug. Yeah, there you go. Three stage lug. And th those those are absolutely spectacular. But they were so soft that I mean, you, even on a on a Jeep, Dad ran TSLs on his Jeep, and they just would would wear down so fast that they weren't, would, weren't, weren't they biased by as well you could buy bias and radio radio okay. yeah uh -huh. what about the uh you know that the the trepidors josh posted about there because i always love the look of that tire but you know they're 700 bucks a piece for 37 and aren't they biased as well i thought i'd read that they were only biased by anybody that's got 37s is biased <laughs> uh, <laughs> bias awesome um <laughs> <laughs> well i've seen the, uh, uh, it's around and josh posted a discord out he likes them as well but um they're uh they look amazing like i've seen them at, at, on jeeps and hidden balls and a few other places that they look amazing what is it called john they're called the uh, trepidors i think they're made by Trepidor. maxis trepidors yeah. yeah maxis trepidors incredible looking tire but um the most expensive tire I think I've kind of ever seen from just a single one. Not, oh, that looks like a Baja tires. Claw. That just yeah, looks like a Baja Claw. Yeah. They're uh, they're very uh, they're very soft as well, and also a bias, I think. So do, do they make a Baja Claw anymore, Mickey Thompson? Uh, I don't know. They they Go Go Baja Boss. Google. I don't know if Baja yeah, Boss. Google. Yeah, Google Mickey Thompson Baja Google Claw, that and that's shit. the same. Yeah, GTS, John. <laughs> I mean, if I can do it, you can do it. Uh, you were the one talking. I know. Huh? You were the one that brought it up. You should know the facts before you bring it up, right? <clears throat> no, I, I um, I like the boggers myself in the mud here, but I had a buddy that had uh, some big sticky trepidors, and like you said, they are pretty amazing on the rocks. They're pretty sticky, yeah. That's all. All right, so let's uh, let's uh, circle back to the original question. What tire would you not recommend for a Jeep? Until I heard Larry had Patagonias, I had not heard any good thing about those tires. So I wouldn't recommend them, but Larry cool. talks I good love, about them. It's a cool name. I love my Patagonia. Oh, absolutely. Love them. Love them. Yeah, oh, I've and not Bob, found anything yet that, they, that those haven't done a really good job at. Bob, you uh, Bob, are you still around or no? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Hey, you you asked me if the if the Patagonia's cleared out snow, and I we had to go feed cows in a bunch of snow the other day, and I was yeah. watching them. They do, they absolutely, okay. yep. And it was just in a you know my um, my three quarter ton with the feed box on it and flatbed. And we went out and fed and had to go but through a bunch of snow and up through hills and around through the mud and, you know, through everything, not like soupy mud, just kind of snotty stuff. They worked extre extremely well. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that was the only thing I've heard people complain about was in, that they didn't think they cleared the snow as well. But I didn't know anybody who run them that I could actually ask directly mm -hmm. about it. So. Yep, and there you go. They they stay fairly soft too, unlike some other tires. Yeah. I've had their tires when you start wearing them down, they slowly turn into concrete. Those mile stars are just as soft now as the, the day I bought them, and as then you get really good traction. I've ripped I've ripped a couple lugs off of them out there in Texas, but other than that, that's by the only thing that's happened to them. The, uh, well, one tire I'll I've heard that's. I've heard that's one of the big differences between them and a lot of other MT tires is to extend the life. They start using a harder compound about halfway down where the mile stars don't. They're the same soft uh, rubber compound throughout the um, tread, the lugs. So I have never heard of that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So if he was here. I know Jimmy would bring it up, so I'll just bring. I don't know it's all of the stuff, but he has been on several rants against the Yokohama Geolanders. So he personally thinks that he's he's not a fan of it, uh, and he hates those more than he hates the Toyos that he put on there that 
like Chuck Allen, like he always talks about. So, um, but he said those things were horrible on the rocks. You know, he had all kinds of problems. What so, what brand was that, with John? It's the Yokohama Geolander. Yeah, I agree with him. Those Yokohamas out here, anyway, they don't last for nothing. They don't grip. They don't do it. They don't do nothing. I don't care what tread pattern Yokohama you run. Out here, they just they wear out like eight, eight to ten thousand miles on a damn TJ, and or they used to anyway. And they don't hook up. They don't do anything. And these new ones, they say they're better, but I'm not. I'm not gonna chance it. There's no way I'm gonna spend money on a Yokohama ever. Yeah, that's oh, kind of what he's Is that four hundred dollars a tire? For what size? Uh, thirty-seven. That's about right. Most four seventy-five. Most of them run about four fifty-five hundred a tire for the regular. Another tires. reason for the mile stars. Yeah, At least a hundred dollars cheaper than that. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and lighter. The other thing on the mile stars is they're really light. Absolutely, because when okay. I, I know when I took off my uh, my Toyo Open Countries, those mile stars were about fifty-ish pounds for a complete. Higher than him. Yeah, but I would say when you're rolling, it is. But the, I, I would definitely not discount the Toyos. I love the Toyos. I had on mine. I would have gone back with those instead of the Mittos, but they didn't have them at 37 when I was looking. It was going to be like months of waiting. So, but I switched over the Mittos, which I've been well, happy you know, hearing so far. Yeah, yeah, but you know, Toyo, they've got several brands, so you always get it. That's one thing with Toyo, you can't kind of just say Toyo because there's all all kinds of subsets of that Toyo tire, right? Yeah, specifically the ones, Open Country MT is the one I was talking about. Yeah, bad RTs. That's the ones I had. So I don't hear a lot of people uh, talking about the uh, BFGs. Uh, does does everybody uh, not run BFGs anymore? I'm running the KO twos. I run KO2s and we have KM3s on the other Jeep and we love them. Yeah. They seem I, to. I ran. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, that's all right. They, they seem to last a long time, which I, I would personally have a hard time uh, spending $400 a tire for something that was uh, so soft that, you know, if I got 15,000, 20,000 miles out of it, uh, that would be all that, that would be expected. Like ran KO2s on my one, uh, F-150 and then on my Wrangler after that. I was really happy with them, but I don't do a lot beyond on the highway and, and just super mild off-road. So. Right. And then I bought Mickey Thompson Baja Boss for my Gladiator, and I haven't had much opportunity to give him a test yet. So. Oh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't run any Goodyear tire on my Jeep. Now any any Goodyear tire, and I sold Goodyear tires for a few years back in the day. I wouldn't run any Goodyear tire on my Jeep. Why is that, Chris? I'm just I Goodyear tires, in my experience, just don't last on the street. And I haven't. I had some ATs on my YJ that uh, were marginal at best. The the AT aftermarket uh, and the the Wranglers that the Wranglers that came on my JK when it was new were were okay when they were new. But after about a year, they they were they were marginal at best in the street and worthless off road. And it was a street hmm. tire, granted, but I, I would I wouldn't recommend anybody use a, a Goodyear tire at all. I think with the Goodyears, they're a lot of hit and miss. Uh, they have a lot of factory tires and like a factory like a Goodyear Angler SRA that comes on Dodges. They're really crappy, like you said, but. I think maybe the, the MT might be a better tire, but I totally agree with you. A lot of them are, are kind of running on the name. But if you're talking about crappy tires, I've always said the Chinese tires, um, you know, when you get, they used to have stuck kings, you know, radial stuck kings or whatever they were back in the day. But I try to avoid the the offshore brand tires are usually wear fast and not great traction in, our, in my opinion. But most of well, the are, are Yeah, aren't all tires made overseas? Well, I mean, like, the, you're, you're pretty much right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the off-brand, yeah. So, yeah. you know, the off-brand tire has states. But one of the off At least one there says they have a plan Texarkana. Oh, shoot, Josh, you're, you're coming in real broken, brother. Yeah. yeah. I heard him say Texarkana, and I was 
about it. Yeah, uh, Cooper has a plant in Texarkana. Sorry, I'm I'm somewhere in the middle of nowhere, New Mexico, on I forty right now. <laughs> So, uh, Appreciate yeah, you joining. Heard good things about Coopers, but on the off brands you're talking about or semi, I had good luck running the hand cooked Dynapros. I know a lot of people don't don't run those, well, but I had I ran the Dynapro uh, MTs on my old Cummins. They we, were we we run Dynapros on all of our dualies. Yeah, they yeah. were real. They're they're really hard, kind of a hard compound. I don't know how good they'd actually yes. be off road, but they, no, they're terrible off road. They wear really well. Heavy duty trucks. <laughs> so I just got to mention. Uh, uh, I believe it was uh, Dustin that mentioned the uh, uh, the tires made uh, in other countries. <laughs> it made me think about the Nexons from uh, South Korea, and uh, I just got to say, uh, not through any contractual agreement or anything, but just from use, I've been very impressed with the Nexon tires, uh, Nexon Rodian MTXs, and because uh, I was uh, I was getting ready to buy uh, a set of. Uh, uh, I guess it would be KM2s, maybe KM3s, uh, the mud terrains are, are maximum tractions uh, for the uh, for the XJ before I got the uh, the Nexons. And then when I was getting tires after what I experienced with uh, on the XJ and then uh, whenever I was out there in, uh, uh, on Gold Mountain uh, using the, uh, the Nexons uh, out there, uh, I had no doubt what I wanted on the Gladiator. So I just got the, the 35 uh, uh, Rodian MTXs. We've been very happy about it. So... Uh, but I hadn't heard much of you guys talking much about the um, uh, the uh, the BF Goodriches, and I, I mean, other than the the original KMs, the KMs were horrible uh, at uh, cupping, and that could have just been my setup on the XJ. But uh, also too, they were horrible at stopping on just mildly wet roads, uh, just absolutely no traction for stopping. So I always had to. Uh, plan my braking on the uh, the xj when it was uh, sprinkling out and it would get kind of uh it would wake you up first thing in the morning if uh, there was a quick stop and you had to slide and you were quickly figuring uh, calculating the math and the distance and is it going to stop in time and fortunately it always did i wasn't going to take any damage but the the person in front of me was going to with that uh, that custom front bumper that uh, i have on there so anyway, that's uh, that's it for tonight, folks. Uh, the uh, the conversation is going to continue in the Zoom room, and if you'd like to be, continue to be part of the Zoom room conversation after the show, we invite you to come and be a Zoom member and uh, listen in, uh, and you know chime in. As as you can tell, everybody has an opinion, and it doesn't the the opinion's not right or wrong. It's just your opinion. It's right to you, I'm sure, and you're going to find, I think, several like minded people on the zoom meeting while you're while you're uh, chatting and everybody comes here for fun uh they're not here to they have no agenda they just come here to have a good time on a tuesday night uh so you're certainly invited to do the same thing and 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 i and uh the other hosts on the jeep talk show are just so happy that we can put together a a place where uh like-minded people can come and enjoy themselves and you know maybe take uh, their minds off of something that's bad that's going on in their lives uh, simply by uh, joining other other groups, uh, other people in the group to talk to about it. So if you'd like to be, uh, be on the uh, in the Zoom meeting, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Scroll on down through there. You'll see where it mentions the newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter. And uh, if, you, if you're having problems getting the newsletter, maybe you've signed up and you'd like to join the Zoom meeting and you don't, you know, it just hasn't worked out for you for one reason or another. You haven't checked your spam folder or you have and it's still not there. Think about joining our Discord server because you don't have to worry about email getting through to you. Join the Discord server. And if... if the only thing you do is get on there and say, how do I connect to the Zoom meeting? There's going to be somebody there that has the link and the password they'll be able to give to you. And you can, you know, I'll tell you, it's Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, get there, you know, 15 minutes early if you like. They get set up. Make sure people can hear you if it's your first time using Zoom. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, just reach over there to there. And you can actually go to the, the same place, uh, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and uh, look and send us an email. Uh, you'll see the voicemail number in there. Send us a, a text message. And, hey, how do I join the Zoom meeting? There's there's several different ways that you can contact us or contact the, the people that know how to get into the Zoom meeting through the Discord server. And uh, that's another great place that you can have fun and uh, take, a little, take a little edge off of uh, the world events. Get in there and talk to other Jeepers. 
So until next week, uh, we uh, want to say a, a very big thank you for all the Zoom people that showed up tonight and uh, show up here every week. Don't forget, we have three episodes a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. The, the, the Zoom uh, roundtable uh, episode comes out on Wednesday. So uh, hopefully you are uh, listening to all of our episodes. But hell, we don't care. Listen to one, listen to them all. And don't forget our back catalog of over 575 episodes that you can listen to. Going on a long trip? No problem. You got stuff to listen to that whole time. Chuck did that on one of his long uh, uh, cross countries. I don't personally, I can't see how he, he could stand it listening to us that long. But God bless him, he did. Anyway, you guys have a great night. And we'll see you next week here on the Roundtable. Podcasting since 2010. 